So uh, it's been a few weeks, but how did you do with your assignment Thanksgiving? Pretty good? All right, good. Good deal. To take you back uh, a few weeks, uh, we talked about the way complaints steal our joy. Uh, This week, I'm getting a little echo. Sound guys. Just a little echo. All right, thanks. Um, We're going to move in a little bit different direction from that uh, point. Um, We're going to look at something that's, it might not be an an obvious thief of our joy. Um, Because most of the things we've been talking about have kind of a negative connotation more or less to them. Negative things we obviously recognize steal our joy, but but we're looking at something today that that is actually not really uh, based around negative thoughts. And uh, so so what we're going to do here uh, is we're going to look at joy. We've kind of talked about this, and and throughout this, we're comparing joy and happiness. I said something last week talking about how how happiness and joy are contrasted. We're going to kind of go through that a couple of times, uh, looking at different ideas. Um, Both are positive emotions, uh, but they are not, they don't correspond to each other. Now, uh, uh, you're about to see something. If you get triggered easily, you might want to leave uh, because we're about to see something you can never unsee. All right. So uh, my kids, uh, they've already seen this. So so they're still with us. uh, But I, I promise you, uh, that that you can't uh, unsee this. All right, and this takes place a few years ago. Uh, just just warning, uh, you might be ready on the volume. All right, uh, so so here we go. to that thought. All right. Let's get past that. All right. My daughter asked me not to point out her laughing in the background, so I just, I didn't want to point that out. Happiness. So let's talk about happiness here. This is happiness. It is an elation, and happiness is completely Dependent upon what happens. That's that's why we call it that. Right? Uh, if you had seen that that crazy person uh, about uh, an hour and a half earlier, he was not quite in that kind of a mood. I can tell you that. Uh, that's 2017, give or take. Uh, so um, that that guy was so upset with something he was watching that he decided to he was not going to waste the jalapeno poppers and mozzarella sticks and everything else that they had made, and he was going to go down and watch a movie with his family. So, so they did that and came up to see that, that, that there was this amazing turn of events. And, and so, so we go up and we go down, and that's what happiness is, right? Like, good things are happening, so I'm happy. And, and, and bad things are happening, so I'm not happy. Right? It, there's no, so this is happiness. So I want to overlay this with joy. This is kind of how joy works a little bit. Uh, we're going to go through in a different sermon and, and talk about why it, it kind of goes in, in a longer curve. But, but your joy can go and, and come as well, but it just takes longer. And, and so we'll deal with that a little bit um, at a different time. 
But I, I kind of want to get into the contrast, really, of these two. Typically, joy has lower peaks and, and, uh, and not quite as, as deep of a valley. The, another thing about, that's different that you can't look at in a graph, really, uh, is that joy, or I should say happiness, is a completely dependent emotion. It, it is a completely a response to other things. Whereas joy is a controlling emotion. And I'll explain what I mean uh, by that. Um, how many ever times have you ever seen somebody react like that to a baptism? Woo! Like, like, we don't do that, right? It, it's got lower peaks, doesn't it? We, we kind of live within a, a, a rationality. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, we don't lose our mind. There's something in your mind that says you can't really live there, right? It, 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 like, even, even watching that... Like 10 seconds, your body goes, okay, bring it down, pal. Uh, yeah, whoa, yeah, okay, back to normal. Right? You, you, you can't live there. It, it spikes and then it, it drops. And joy is kind of, kind of more of an a, a even keel. And, and there's reasons when it's higher and reasons when it's lower. But there's one other aspect of joy that's interesting. Joy will determine... The level of joy you have in your life will determine the fall from those, from those peaks. It, it, it's a controlling emotion. When, 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 it, they're completely unrelated. You can have a lot of joy and have a low moment in your life. You can have almost no joy and do that. That, that video tells you nothing about the person you're seeing. A person with, with all manner of problems can get excited about something for a short period of time. And a person with, with joy can have difficulties. They're not related to each other at all. But, but joy will determine the, the, the depths to which I can fall in those negative moments. One of the greatest thefts of joy doesn't really have to do with negative thought at all. It has to do with something called apathy. Apathy is just the lack of feeling. Positive or negative? What is it, really? Um, It's an inability to react. Apathetic. It's called complacency. Just, I don't know why I just don't react to things. And it, and it can come from all sorts of things that are the cause of it. We're going to look at some of them here in a bit. But it is just the lack of feeling. I, I no longer can feel for some reason. And it, there's a, a bunch of different things, and, and the scriptures kind of illustrate a bunch of different things that, that can cause us to, to get this numbness that we have. Now, sometimes there's, there's biological reasons. You, you, I mean, you can have, a, you can have chemical things. And it, you, can, you can be on medication for something, and medications can do that to you. I mean, there, there's a lot of reasons why you can, you can feel apathy. Um, we're going to look at the ones that, that the Scriptures deal with uh, today. But I want to look at how apathy works 
uh, briefly as well. And simply, it begins with a type of comfort, typically. It doesn't have to be. Uh, I should probably amend a statement from the introduction. Uh, it, it can involve negative things. I'm not saying that, that, there's, that today's sermon doesn't have anything negative connected to it, but I'm, I'm specifically focusing on negative thoughts. Uh, a, a negative circumstance, something that would, that would cause us to, to go down in our joy. I, that, it can be a negative thing that happens, but apathy is a different reaction to those negative things where we say, I rather just, I prefer not to think about those things. I prefer not to feel at all. Uh, but that is not the main source of apathy. And that's, that's one response in, in, in a type of a circumstance. But most of our apathy will come from actually things that we may think are positive, some type of comfort. And we get accustomed to it. We acclimate to these positives. So in whatever circumstance we allow ourselves to become accustomed to, we don't feel ups or downs. We're just like, this is kind of life. This is what I expect. Uh, and so apathy affects all the movements of emotion. And so we, we no longer will feel the joy that we could. And I want to look at some, some sources, some origins of apathy here. Um, and, and so Proverbs one thirty two says, For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the prosperity of fools destroy him. It's interesting, your, your, uh, depending on your version, one, one version says prosperity and one version says complacency. Prosperity is a comfort that often leads to complacency or apathy. We get used to stuff and, and nice stuff and, and comfortable stuff. I'm going to turn this light on. Here, it's just black and white till we're, we're done, so we're done. Uh, so often, prosperity and apathy go hand in hand that they can become really they can become synonyms Deuteronomy 32 14 and 15 he says I fed you curds from the herd and milk from the flock with fats of lambs and the rams of bashan and goats with the very finest of wheat and you drank foaming wine made from the blood of a grape but Jeshurun which is a, is a another name for Israel or Jerusalem Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. You grew fat, stout, and sleek. And he forsook God who made him and scoffed at the rock of his salvation. And we see here kind of the process of, of how prosperity becomes apathy. That, that he came to expect the blessings God give him and he kicked. In other words, he became like this, this horse or whatever that, that, that just didn't want to go where God led him anymore. And he rebelled against God and did what he wanted because he was apathetic. He says, I'm used to this and I like this and this is where I want. And he no longer considered it a blessing. He considered it a right. He considered it his. And that was the state of Israel. And so they become an overfed animal. You want me to do stuff? Well, you fattened me up, and I don't really feel like moving anywhere right now. And that was uh, that was their problem. Apathy came from from prosperity. Not that the prosperity was bad. God God 
wouldn't have given them a, a negative circumstance, but that they reacted to the negative, to positive circumstance in a in an incorrect way. Uh, something that is quite similar to that. Uh, Zechariah one fifteen says this: "I'm exceedingly angry with the nations that are at ease." For while I was angry, but a little, they furthered the disaster. So we, we talk. About, this is just really connected, but maybe just kind of a, a, a further step into it, a, a explaining of what happens. Ease. Some people are attracted to simply the wealth of prosperity. They like, they like the number. I want to be a millionaire. Why? Because that's a million. That's a big number, and I like that number. But a, but a lot of people that are attracted to the prosperity, it is what the prosperity can do for them. Right? I don't have to do things anymore. I can pay and have, that's attractive. Like, I don't have to do that. I can, I can just pay for someone to do that. And I don't have to fix my house. I just call somebody. You know, people who don't have that, they have to figure out a way or live with a leak or whatever the, you know... I don't so 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 money is attractive a lot of times for what it does. And that's not bad. It's nice to be able to afford to get things done. That's not a bad thing. Just like God's blessing Israel wasn't a bad thing. But what happens with ease? The more things that you can afford to do, the less you do. And one of the joys that you lose is the joy of doing it yourself. Now, there are some of those things are, are, are joys that I'm quite glad not to have. Plumbing. Plumbing. I, I, I would love to give up the joy of plumbing, right? But some things you do, and you're like, it's a sense of accomplishment. I did that. That's awesome. Right? There's a joy in that. That you don't get from paying somebody else to do it. A a work with your own hands. A a skill that you have. That's exciting. And and so we we steal our own joy through apathy. Through this this ease. And and we don't feel those those high moments. Not just the happy moments, but, but the substance moments. That ability to do, that ability to accomplish. Amos chapter 6 verse 1 kind of shows us yet another step in the the progression here. He says, woe to those who are at ease. So that's where we left off. He says, and to those who feel secure on the mountain in Samaria. The notable men of the first of the nations to whom the house of Israel comes. And so, so there's another step in this process of apathy is that ease, while it's, it's nice, okay, I get the payment, but it leads to security. And what I should say is it leads to a false sense of security. Just take the example where we're, we're working with. What, well, oh, my, I, I've got the money and I can afford to do Well, what happens if? What happens if? We don't think about the what if. <laughs> We, have a, we develop a false sense of security. Uh, Zephaniah 1.12 says this. It says, At this time I will search Jerusalem with lamps, and I will punish the men who are complacent, says the Lord, who say in, the, in their hearts that the Lord 
will not do good, nor will he do evil. You see this, the same idea that, that they're losing the, the peaks and valleys through apathy. They're losing the ability to sense the highs and, and lows. They no longer appreciate the highs that God has done for them, but but they no longer have the sense of warning. That's where apathy takes our joy. Because it takes all of our feelings. Proverbs 6. There's a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty comes upon you like a thief, like a robber. And want comes like an armed man. And this is ease. This is that security. That complacency. I'm comfortable. And I'm at rest. And I like being at rest. For whatever reason. And so joy is ultimately lost through tragedy. That's the the end result. It's not just that I'm not able to feel the highs and lows or whatever. But that it leads to tragedy which is a certain negative. Because I'm no longer to feel the warnings. There's one that's a little odd we're going to talk about before we close here. Matthew 15, 7-9, he says, You hypocrites! Well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. What does that have to do with with the other three? Not, Not really a ton. Maybe you could connect it. But... There's a the concept of routine, it, it, which is a type of comfort. I, we get comfortable in our routines. The, the, the previous three are kind of a, in a trajectory. But familiarity breeds boredom. You ever notice that? You get bored with things. We do it over and over and over and over and over again. And you get used to it. Which is nice. I like, I like being used to things. I think sometimes we view this people that, that Isaiah wrote about Matthew, or in Matthew, Jesus is quoting Isaiah, which is just a little bit before Babylon is going to come and punish, and Assyria is going to punish. And um, I think sometimes we, we almost view them like they were atheists, like they were complete pagans. Well, they had a complete pagan religion, but that was like in addition to, not in place of. And they went to the temple. They brought their sacrifices. They might not have been nice sacrifices. They might have been kind of cheating God a little bit. But but they were doing all that. They sang the songs. They did all the things. 
They did that in addition to going to the high places and, and, and doing the other things. That was the problem. He says, the people honors me with their lips. In other words, they were going to the temple and singing the Hebrew songs to Jehovah. They were doing religious things, but their heart was far removed. They had a routine. Let's do the routine. It's Sabbath day. Let's do the Sabbath routine. So they did the Sabbath routine. And then they came home and then they did the rest of their stuff. That was the problem. Their hearts were far removed. Their hearts were in the non-Sabbath days where they were doing the rest of the stuff. It was not in where they were supposed to be. Their worship was separate from their lives. They had regularity there. They knew their life. Familiar with it. They'd gotten bored with God. It's the same every week. Bring the sacrifice. Sing the songs. Listen to the rabbi. It's the same thing every week. And I think what happens is routine made them... Not just bored, but it makes them unaware of the subtle changes that have happened over time. Just the little changes. You'll read every once in a while there will be a good king. And you'll read this phrase like, he got rid of the bales and the asterisks, but he didn't take down the high places. Right? You'll, you'll hear that. Like, they've just gotten accustomed to the high places. Oh yeah, that's like a, that's like a little temple. Yeah, whatever. They've just gotten used to it. The little changes over however many hundreds and hundreds of years. You know, that's just kind of normal. And they don't notice the difference. The Lord's Supper. Think about the Lord's Supper. You ever heard someone will say, talk you go to a place. Oh, we were in a we were in Warsaw, and we visited a, a church we knew uh, through through mutual Christian people that we knew over here. We're like, we're going to Warsaw for a while. We have to do documents and then go back. He's like, you know, we're going to be over there over like two Sundays. Do you know of a church that we can meet with? Oh yeah, here's a, here's a brother and blah blah blah. Okay, get there, and we were actually there on Easter. So I'm like. Wow, Easter, okay. No communion. It's Easter, I mean, for crying out loud. If I'm going to expect there's a week that you would have communion, that was, was kind of weird. Now, this was the second time we had been to Warsaw. The first time they had had communion, so I wasn't thinking it was booze, but which was kind of like disconcerting. But, like, okay, whatever. But I was expecting... No, we must have hit it on the right week because they oh no, that's we do that once a month. You ever hear that? Well, yeah, we have months once a month. Why do you do it once a month? Well, we don't want it to become too regular. We don't want it to be too much of a routine. You would not use that logic in any other area of your life. Like I don't want my paychecks, I don't want my job to become too routine, so just pay me once a month. What? I'll work the other three for free because I, I want it to really be meaningful. 
I don't want to get too comfortable with my stuff, so I'm going to burn my house down and live in the woods. Like, I, I wouldn't do that with any other area of my life. There's a, there's a way to avoid, one, the, what we want to avoid, which is the complacency, the apathy. And we do that. Remind. I like that, that word, remind. <laughs> Sometimes my mind has to be engaged again. I have to cover old ground. We do that. Don't, that that's what we do. And, instead of saying, you know what we're going to do, it, here's how we're going to avoid, instead of saying, we're going to avoid apathy over the communion by emphasizing it less. We, we, we don't want to disrespect it, so we'll just never do it. This is completely backwards logic. What we do, we have a moment where we... Engage our brains over it. And think about it. And here's a thought. Have you ever thought about this thought? We devote that time because that's what we're doing. We're wanting it to not become just a thing we do on Sunday morning. We engage ourselves over it to keep it fresh each week. And it avoids apathy. It avoids it just becoming a routine. And it keeps the joy. It keeps the excitement. Or it's supposed to. That's the design of it. Specifics give joy. We, We do a thing each month, or we have attempted to, we do um, coins for kids, right? And second Sunday, trying to get back into it. And we've done it. I don't even know how long you guys did it before I came here. But it kind of comes along and, oh, we forgot our coins. Oops. Right? We do that. Why? Because apathy. Forget about it. And um, whether it's that or, or just regular giving, um, I, I appreciated, Tim, I, I appreciated your thoughts this morning. We, we sometimes just, like giving is kind of the, the bonus extra part, kind of over on the side. And, um, and, and our joy over that, that aspect of it can kind of just kind of, mm, yeah, this is this part, okay. And then I slip into, oh, uh, Tim's up there. I better start writing my check. And uh, okay, next up is me. <laughs> we have song than me, so uh, gotta get. I'm getting nervous or whatever. Um, and and this is the this is like every week. This is the thought. This is the apathy because of the routine. So so on the occasions where we have someone gives a thought, I really appreciate that. But specifics, we say, 
kids sitting up here. Was this for this for the orphans? And that's true. And 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 those are all true thoughts, but that they can become routine. Um, I think we can do a disservice by not giving specifics. This year, um, some of the money that you gave, I did a lot of things. We, we talk about help in the community and, and things like that. It's general, and it's true. Um, there's a kid in one of the orphanages that's deaf. And um, how do you teach and how do you... <laughs> so you need sign language. Well, they had had apparently a sign person come in, and um, they they were I think like Seventh Day Adventists if I if I remember correctly is that is that right Seventh Day Adventists or something like that and then so as soon as they as soon as they heard the that there was uh, the gospel that they were translating they took off <laughs> like oh, we got to pay for somebody now to come in and, and so and so we took money. And packs it up and sent it to get a translator there who will translate the gospel and, and, and school and whatever for, for, this, for this deaf kid. Think about that. Now go back in time to, to kind of just the general apathy that we have, just the general kind of even keel, not high, not low. I mean, I'm not saying we need to pound things, but... Go back in time now to a, a day where you just... And think about what God did. God took... Uh, we have different things we do here. A package delivery. God took a package delivery. God took a, a website you designed. You spent hours on that. Or maybe it was just lost coins in the couch that you searched for and to put in a bear. <laughs> and God packages this all up. This is the magic of, of God. He packages this all up. This website design, this, this package, this, this uh, whatever thing that you do. And he takes this collection of, of things that you spent time on and he turns it into a deaf person in a different country hearing the gospel. That's a magic trick right there. Now, does that make you feel different about coins for kids or, or whatever we do? That's different. It's, when we remind ourselves, when we think on things like that, it's like, whoa, hey, I have a different feeling about what I'm doing on Sunday morning. Since now, uh, see, what date is today? It's the fifth. What year? 21. Right? Like, uh-huh. Routine. Same old, same old. But knowing what it's doing, that th- these are actually things that are impacting people that you will never meet here. All of a sudden you build joy. You you, you get yourself out of apathy. And you can feel some peaks. So I ask you, 
simply to, to remind yourself of these things. And maybe not just you. Maybe we need to do a better job of reminding people, right? Maybe we need to spend more time thinking and, and saying, this is what's happening. This is amazing. This is cool. And when we do that, we can kind of break out of the, the comfort level that even keel. I don't feel too many downs, but I don't feel too many ups. I'm not asking you to pound walls. But to raise to raise our joy by, by reminding ourselves.